0: Hey,
1: how's it going, Will? How are you doing, man?
0: Hey, man. I'm doing great. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing well. So, uh, welcome, everybody, to the uh, Loro Antonio Sports Talk Podcast Show. I'm your host, Loro Antonio. Today on the NBA show, we're going to do the season and review for the Lakers and Mavs, make our picks for the NBA playoffs, other breaking news around the league with regards to the head coaching vacancies, and also the men's final four national title game recap. And for the NFL, we'll uh, do our draft preview For the Patriots, Cowboys, Rams, and Chargers, make our top five tight end list. And then for the baseball, we'll do some uh, recaps of the Dodgers-Brewers series and all that. So let's start with the NBA, and uh, let's start with the news of the day. So, So give me your thoughts on Luke Walton parting ways with the Lakers, and also Magic Johnson suddenly stepping down as the Lakers president of basketball operations. The thing
0: about that is uh, that organization just had some issues this year. Uh, There was dysfunction management-wise, team-wise, personnel-wise, and uh, the expectations were set, I think, too high by uh, media and fans alike. And that's just one of those – it's just one of those franchises that when expectations like that are set – you either have to meet them or if you don't, there's going to be repercussions and magic, you know, he, he, he was very heartfelt about stepping down from uh, making those decisions. But uh, at the same time, it's a heavy burden, uh, especially when people look at you for what you did in the past and expect you to have the success in in that regard as a, as a GM, as a, as director of management and, and such. So I think it just, it was a heavy toll on him and you know he just wanted to step down and the whole Luke Walton thing i mean the writing was tech kind of on the wall you either knew if if he was going to stay then he'd be he'd be the top coach in the hot seat going into next year so that being said i i think at the end of the day the the um ownership of the lakers looked at it as what's best for lebron and unfortunately, even though Walton, I think, is a good coach, he and LeBron's chemistry is just wasn't there. So it, Lakers have a bit of work to do, but uh, it's, that's what the offseason's all about. So it should be a very interesting uh, uh, summer until the season starts again for them.
1: Yes, and then Rob Palinka did mention that uh, he will be the one that will lead the coaching church for the Lakers. And also I want to ask the reverse question. With the Mavs, so Dirk Nowitzki played very well in his last two games of the NBA season, and then he reti- He is retiring. So now, with him retiring, was this an is now Luke is Luka Doncic now the franchise player for the Mavs?
0: It, it would seem that way. I mean, he we're building the team around him. Uh, we're tailoring it to him. We're we're putting players around him that'll help him grow, help him succeed, and do what's best for the team. I, 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 do think that uh, uh, if if the whole legal issue with Porzingis resolved and he he's a fully healthy coming back here, he'll he'll definitely is he's more than capable of uh, filling the void as a, as a premier scoring big man that with uh, Dirk retiring, there's that. Uh, I, I love Jalen Brunson on the team. You know, strong flashes, uh, great guard. Hardaway Jr. should be solid. I The Mavs have some young, good young talent coming back. Uh, I think the biggest thing for them is probably, uh, one or two players in free agency, uh, like uh, another big man, maybe Vucevic from Orlando, or if if we could potentially s- swing it, um, maybe getting Kemba Walker, which I, I would love to see that, but I don't know if it's possible. But Dallas does have cap space now, um, lots of it for. They're going to extend Porzingis though. Huh?
1: They're going to extend Porzingis.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, I think Dallas has enough cap space to extend Porzingis and get maybe one more big star. Um, which I think they're going to have to do since it's unlikely that they're going to have a first round draft pick this year because, um, we're going to, we only have, we're only going to have a pick if we, it's a top five one, but there's just too many other teams that were really bad uh, especially in the east um like the Knicks uh Bulls and, and, and whatnot so it it's it's going to be about free agency and then just you know keeping our in-house talent and uh I
1: think building the team around Luka is the right thing to do. Absolutely so what's tough ta- let's talk about what went right and long and wrong for the Lakers and Mavs this past season so what went right was uh I thought that I think what went right for the Lakers was that I think I think having LeBron there what what made it right for them but what went wrong for them is the free throw shooting and then they were pressing too much on the long ball.
0: Yeah, uh free throws were a terrible issue for the Lakers. They they could have won an extra I want to say at least six seven games that I know of uh if their free throw shooting was was a little better. Um there was just that. Then there was injuries, a lot of a lot of injuries for the Lakers. I I think there was only some, a few stretches where the whole team was healthy. And even then when they were healthy, like you said, they, they just, those free throws were, were a terrible issue. And then there was just the dysfunction, um, you know, about during, during uh, leading up to the trade deadline where basically the Lakers were willing to trade away the entire team, like basically just for Anthony Davis. So, you know when players look at that and say, "Oh, there, there's loyalty for you," or "Oh, thanks," I, I thought I was helping build something special here. It it takes a toll on players mentally. So uh, there were there were a lot of things on and off the court. Um, the Lakers only had I think a few good stretches when they when the, everything was going right for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So now that being said, uh, let's talk about. Uh... Let's talk about what went wrong for the Mavs this off season this this season. So, what went well, right for the Mavs? I think uh, I think they started out pretty well, but I think what went wrong was they just had a bad second half to the season.
0: Yeah, that's that's typically how it goes with um, you know sports in Dallas: start strong but finish bad. <laughs> I uh, uh, the Mavs they they looked really good early on, but the, the youth started to show as the season wore on um, that. And the fact we not having a, a premier big man, once we lost Deion Jordan in the in trade, um, we have some big men, but like not a, a caliber every like 30, 40 minute starter, like at these other teams do. Um, so we, we were just able to get drill, like teams would drill us with points in the paint. Um, and I, I, th- I think as the season regressed on, we made it mostly about, you know, preparing for the future uh, long term rather rather than short term, making sure Dirk's final ride was memorable for him uh, and the fan bases, giving him extra minutes. I, I love Dirk to death, but when Dirk's playing 25, 30 minutes a game, you know, it, it's just about him going out there having fun because he's, he's not the same player defensively as he used to be. He's not as fast as he used to be, so. I think, I think at at some point when we realized the playoffs were a long shot, we just told ourselves, hey, live to fight for next year, and let's ha- let Dirk go out and have some fun and give the fans something to be happy about.
1: Yeah, for sure. So now that being said, uh, the Lakers are going through a coaching change, so I think the top choices for me to be the next Laker coach is either Brian Shaw or Ty Lu.
0: Yeah, I, I saw somewhere uh, – that Ty Lue was one of the top candidates um, along with uh, one of the <clears throat> um, someone from someone from the uh, um, 76ers organization. So
1: you mean um, Monty Williams?
0: Yeah. Williams. That's who it was. Yeah. Um, Ty Lue has some good chemistry with LeBron. They did some great things up in Cleveland. Uh, they The, the man, management has to realize though LeBron's not going to have, if they hire Ty Lue, LeBron doesn't have the same cast that he did in Cleveland when they were successful, you know, uh, a healthy Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving who was killing it in clutch. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> the, the management has to be op- open-minded and realize that they need to give them a chance and they just need to see progress. They don't, like the Lakers shouldn't be expected to win it all out next year when the when the finals. Progress would be winning record and a playoff spot. That's that's that that should be the mindset or improvement and consistency, not not the inconsistent flashes that we saw
1: with Walton. They have to realize that it, it's like what a, if they're consistent and then they just and then they're so close to missing to the playoffs, but just fall short of it. Could that be OK I, in Ty Lue's first year as a Laker coach? I actually
0: think it should be just because the West is so dang competitive. The Western Conference is like stacked like it. If if they were in the Eastern Conference, then I think the expectations would be a little higher because the Easter in the East it's it's pretty weak, um, with the exception of like the top four or five teams. The West like it just there's just so many like the Spurs they they were really good this year. They were the eighth seed in the West, so I mean it. <laughs> I I think that they have to understand the level of competition plus managing their personnel properly a lot better. I, I saw that uh, uh, somewhere that Lonzo Ball was going to have surgery, but the Lakers um, stopped him from having it. Um, that that was uh, interesting.
1: Absolutely. So that being said here, let's go to our uh, NBA playoff preview. So I'll tell you my first round picks. The top of my head, uh, I have first the Warriors getting sweat- – I have the Warriors sweeping the – Sweeping the Clippers, then I have the Spurs upsetting the the Nuggets. Then I have, then I have Portland beating OKC in seven, and then I have the Rockets beating the Jazz in seven. Hmm. Um, okay. That that is a very
0: interesting uh, landscape. Um, obviously, I as far as I go, I I think the Bucks are going to handle the Pistons. The Pistons. Um, I don't think Blake Griffin's going to be fully healthy when that series starts, so that, it should it should be easy for them. Um, the Raptors, they, they're too complete for the magic. The The 76ers, I think, are going to have a struggle against the Nets just because the 76ers have looked inconsistent all year, but they should beat the Nets. Um, the most interesting series in the East Conference to me is the Celtics-Pacers just because even though um, – um, Victor Oladipo was hurt, the Pacers have still played pretty good basketball the rest of the year. Like, that was early on. Uh, and the Celtics are that weird team that never looks fully uh, functional. They they don't – they look weird at times. Even though they have all that talent and depth, they just – I don't know what's wrong with the Celtics. So, I think the Pacers could take it to seven games against Boston. Um, so, did you already do your West picks? Uh, no, I was I was just I was just going to the West now. Um, Gold. I I do agree with you. Golden State should handle the Clippers. I credit I credit Doc Rivers for everything he did uh, this year with with LA. And uh, but they they don't have Tobias Harris anymore. And Golden State should win. Uh, Spurs Nuggets. If there is any team that could upset the um, the Nuggets, it could be the Spurs. Just because you know I never count out Popovich. You know he. He's an amazing coach, and he uh, he fights you no matter what, what his personnel is. So I I could potentially see that um, happening. It's it's very likely. Uh, I'm leaning a little toward more towards the Nuggets just because I think they're too talented to have a letdown early on. But I would not be surprised if the Spurs pulled uh, uh, upset them. Um, Trailblazers and OKC, I think is going to be an, an insane series. I I wish. Um, Portland was at full health, uh, cause you know, when they were, when they were at full health, they, they, uh, were a pretty solid team, but they lost their top big man, um, the Gerkitsch or whatever his name is. So it's, it's going to be a, a, a electric series. I think very high scoring. I'm leaning a little more towards the thunder, uh, pulling it off. And the, mo- the, the, uh, the Rockets jazz, uh, it's very intriguing because the Rockets are one of the highest scoring teams this year, but the Jazz are one of the best defensive teams. So something's got to give, and I I think the Rockets are going to win, but I'd love to see the Jazz pull the upset off because I, I like that strong defensive team they have.
1: Oh, I mean, they're both pretty good, but, I mean, Utah's good on defense, and then Houston's very good offensively and shooting. With that being said, I'll give you my Eastern Conference first round picks. I have the Bucks over the Pistons in four, the Raptors over the Magic in four, the Sixers over the Nets in five, and the Pacers over the Celtics in six.
0: Yeah, that seems about right. I I think I think most of the first round playoff series uh, for both the East and the West, it's going to be four or five games, just because you know the the dynamics from the top to the bottom teams. Like the top ones are so much better, but. I, I do see at least two or three of those series going to six or seven games, with, including the Celtics-Pacers one.
1: And then let's go to the Western Conference second-round picks. So I have the Rockets over the Warriors in seven because I want a different NBA finals, which we'll get to in a minute. And I have the Spurs over the Blazers in six. And for the Eastern Conference second-round picks, I have the Bucks over the Pacers in four and the Raptors over the Sixers in seven. Okay, so with, uh,
0: with how that prediction has gone, you think the uh, Western Conference Finals are going to be a, a Lone Star uh, showdown between the Rockets and uh, Spurs, and then on the Eastern side, it's going to be the Bucks raptors Yes,
1: that's what I think. Okay. Uh, the Western Conference pick, I want it to be the Lone Star uh, state battle. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think that if that were to happen... Um, the Rockets would have a very good chance because taking down the Warriors is no easy feat. They almost did it last year. Um, just had some injury wo- woes, and I and the, the the Warriors just uh, you know they 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 had the, the experience the Rockets were lacking, so that's how they were able to win that last time in the conference finals. Uh, I think it's great that the Warriors and Rockets aren't on separate ends of the bracket because now we're guaranteed a. Uh, a different conference finals from last year. I, I like seeing change. So um, the West is very tough to predict because all those teams are so good and competitive, but I do agree with you that it, it, I think it will be the Raptors bucks on the East side there. Those two teams have just been so good all year long that, you know, that should be the series we, that we, we should get in the conference
1: finals. Yeah, absolutely. So, I say in the East in the West Finals, my West Finals pick, I have the Rockets over the Spurs in seven. And for the Eastern Conference pick Eastern Conference Finals pick, I have the Bucks over the Raptors in seven.
0: Oh man. That that only means one thing. The uh the MVP debate will be settled in the NBA finals. Harden versus Giannis. That's <laughs> that would be an exciting electric showdown. Um I, I see. I can see that because even though there's a bit of a talent disparity between the Spurs and Rockets, being the state, the whole state pride thing, I think that it'll go to seven games just because they um, they'll they'll gut it out and the the Bucks. I think compared to the Raptors, are have have just more are more balanced as a team. Uh, the Raptors have like a lot of big men and a lot of you know tough physical. Uh, defensive capabilities but the the bucks are just they are they're a very complete team all um uh so i i do think that if that was the case if that was the scenario that would happen and if mm-hmm. it was the bucks versus the uh rockets i see the bucks winning in 6 it could go to 7 but i it's i say it's going to at least go to 6 if if those two t- teams face each other you mean the rockets
1: and the uh you mean the Rockets and the Bucks in the finals?
0: Yes, it's going to go to at least six games.
1: I say seven. But with that being said, here uh, with that being said, here my pick to win the NBA championship this year is the Houston Rockets, and then my NBA Finals MVP pick is uh, Chris Paul and James Harden, the co-MVPs.
0: Yeah, Paul. You don't hear a lot about Paul uh, much these days, just because people are wondering if he's still the same guy cause he's had those injury issues, but I'll tell you what, when, when Chris Paul is healthy, uh, he's a complete player, you know, Harden racks up the points, but they need a facilitator on that offense and Paul is the perfect guy for it. So if the Rockets, if the Rockets were to pull it off, I guarantee you Harden would have to, to be, ha- have huge games every night, but Paul would be just as uh, vital to their success. So I I, c- I could see the Cohen thing.
1: And then something else to talk about here that Mike Butenholzer has been voted by the coach voted the coach of the year winner by peers oh
0: i i the bucks were an afterthought a few years ago, so he's done an amazing job i I think it's well deserved well earned
1: yeah, it's well deserved here, so that being said um Give me your thoughts on the uh, national title game recap, which will be our final basketball thoughts of the day.
0: Well, it uh, it didn't disappoint. Uh, <laughs> it was down the wire. Uh, I, I actually picked Virginia to win in my bracket. So uh, the whole time I was sitting there at the edge of my seat, especially Vir- Virginia has been a weird team this year because going into the, like even against Auburn, it'd be like four or five minutes left. And they'd have like a double digit lead. Same against tech and they somehow squander it both games that they, they did that. And it, it was just weird. I'm like, what, what the heck is happening? <laughs> like, and when they hit like that clutch three to tie it, to set it to overtime, I was like, Oh my God, like this, it was crazy. But, at, but as soon as it was going to overtime, I had the feeling that Virginia would just win because the coaching and the depth, um, I give, I give all the credit in the world to Texas tech, uh, this was a huge stepping stone for them. It's great for their program, great for their fans, because that school they they've uh, not gotten to do much sports wise, like football. They're usually not very good. Baseball, they're they have ups and downs. So this this was a uh, a great thing for that school, that university, um, and it's, it was a great storybook ending for Virginia, considering how they crap they crapped the bed last year, one of the biggest upsets of tournament history. So. I I think the storyline was just set up nicely. The finish, uh, exciting, and hats off to Virginia. You know they, Tony Bennett's a, a great coach, and uh, he deserved a, a championship for what he's done and had to go through.
1: Yeah, what a Cinderella story Virginia was, and also uh, a great NCAA tournament. It was a fantastic Final Four this past weekend, which is my final NBA thoughts of the day. And also, I'm uh, looking forward to. The NBA playoffs starting today. So that being said, uh, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the NFL in just a minute. Awesome.